Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, June 30th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got a look at Senate Republicans' chances at winning the majority in 2024. Number two, five House Republican Freedom Caucus members to watch. And number three, the money game. All right, let's get into it this morning. Happy Friday. We are leading Punchbowl News AM with a look at Senate Republicans. So to catch you up, everybody already knows this, but they certainly blew their shot to flip the chamber last cycle because of poor candidate quality, something that we heard from Mitch McConnell time and again, while the 2024 map is even more favorable for Republicans this time. The issue of selecting the best candidates to win in competitive states isn't going away anytime soon. Tons of ink has been spilled focusing on vulnerable Senate Democratic incumbents in deep red West Virginia, Ohio, and Montana, all states former President Donald Trump won handily in 2016 and 2020. But in the more marginal swing states of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, which Trump won in 2016 and lost four years later, there are more interesting storylines. And of course, that issue of candidate quality is rearing its head for Republicans once again. So let's take a look at those three states with a deeper dive into what is happening and who might be the best candidate for Republicans. Let's first start with Wisconsin. It's obvious that Republicans were dismayed when a highly thought of potential recruit, that is Representative Mike Gallagher, passed on a Senate run this spring. We asked Gallagher if he was worried about the state of the race now that he's not running. Exhibit A, a poll recently showed controversial former Milwaukee County Sheriff David Clark leading a GOP primary. Gallagher said, quote, it's going to be tough no matter what. So we'll see who gets into the race. But with Gallagher out, Wisconsin Republicans may be looking to some other candidates, such as Representative Tom Tiffany, to take on Senator Tammy Baldwin. Tiffany is a member of the conservative House Freedom Caucus, but he isn't as much of a rabble rouser as some of his other colleagues that we often talk about on this podcast. For example, he was one of the few members of the House Judiciary Committee who raised hesitations about pursuing an impeachment inquiry into Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Tiffany told us he's set to make a decision on running next month and is still in that evaluation process. Now, keep in mind that Baldwin remains pretty popular in the state. Having been elected to the Senate in 2012, the Wisconsin Democrat has already won two tough statewide races. And without a strong recruit, Republicans will likely face an uphill battle against her. One other possible candidate who said he isn't running is House Administration Committee Chair Brian Stile. Yet Stile also wasn't concerned about the current state of the GOP primary. He said he thinks that they'll end up with a good recruit. Going to be interesting to see how that plays out and if Tiffany does end up deciding to run. Now in Michigan, the Wolverine state may be among Senate Republicans' biggest question marks this cycle. After Senator Debbie Stabenow's retirement, Representative Alyssa Slotkin, the Democrat from Michigan, has cleared the field on the Democratic side but chaos reigns on the GOP side. There are currently two declared but low-profile candidates. That includes Nikki Snyder, who's a member of the State Board of Education, and Michael Hoover. Other rumored candidates include former Representative 
Peter Meyer, the Republican from Michigan, and John Tuttle, the vice chair of the New York Stock Exchange. Slotkin told us she's taking nothing for granted, despite the uncertainty on the other side. There's definitely people interested in running, Slotkin said, and it's going to be a tough race no matter what. So let's move over to Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, there's slightly more GOP unity surrounding the expected entrance of hedge fund executive and unsuccessful 2022 candidate David McCormick into that Senate race. A number of Hill Republicans we spoke to were very high on McCormick's chances and viewed him as the party's best shot at unseating Senator Bob Casey. Of course, McCormick was the establishment candidate last cycle, but uh, that did not help him when Dr. Oz was endorsed by former President Donald Trump. But while some Hill Republicans seem optimistic about McCormick, Democrats see a candidate with significant vulnerabilities that were exposed during that primary loss I was just talking about. The Pennsylvania Democratic Party, for instance, has already begun running ads hitting McCormick on his abortion rights position. And although failed gubernatorial candidate Doug Mastriano passed up a run for Senate this cycle, some Republicans fear his looming presence could pose issues during a contested primary. We asked House Freedom Caucus Chair Scott Perry if he thought McCormick is the right person to flip the Senate seat red. Perry replied, I'm focused on what I'm doing here and what's happening to the Senate race is quite honestly not my main focus. A very interesting report from Max Cohen and Mika Solner. We are going to be looking into all of these races in the days and weeks to come, especially as these primaries heat up. Let's move on to the conservative corner. Our number two story of the morning. We've got five Freedom Caucus members to watch. We've been talking a lot about the Freedom Caucus uh, here on the podcast over the last several weeks, especially when they ground the House floor to a halt. And it's no secret that they have prompted a ton of drama there and in other places uh, over the past year. From the speaker's fight to the debt limit debacle, these conservative hardliners have thrown the House into chaos to ensure GOP leadership gives them expanded say in the party's agenda. So this morning, we thought it'd be good to peel back the, the layers of the onion a little bit and talk about some of the members you may hear a lot about, some of them that you haven't, but here's five you should be watching. Number one, Scott Perry, that Republican from Pennsylvania we were just speaking about. He is the leader of the pack and has served as HFC chair since January 2022. The Pen- Pennsylvania Republican was elected to succeed the term-limited but very active Representative Andy Biggs, the Republican of Arizona, in late 2021. Despite leading the House's most conservative caucus, Perry represents a purple district and is listed as a vulnerable Republican target by the DCCC. He is also a U.S. Army combat veteran. Notably, Perry raised some eyebrows when he initially voted in support of the Democratic-led Respect for Marriage Act, which would require all states to recognize interracial and same-sex marriages lawfully performed in other states. He later reversed his vote from yes to no, citing that he had rushed time to review the legislation and had made the quote-unquote wrong choice. All right, let's move on to the number two House Freedom Caucus member to watch. And here's one that we've spoken quite a bit about, Chip Roy. From Texas, Roy is the HFC's policy chair and is the fiscal hawk of the group. He often rails against the $31 
trillion national debt and congressional spending. The Texas Republican was one of the chief negotiators during the Speaker's fight. He helped foster what the House Freedom Caucus describes as a quote-unquote power-sharing agreement between McCarthy and the conference's right flank in January, including allowing just one lawmaker to push to remove the Speaker. Importantly, Roy also sits on the Rules Committee, a seat he got as part of his negotiations with McCarthy. Alongside him are other fellow conservative representatives, Ralph Norman, the Republican from South Carolina, and Thomas Massey, the Republican from Kentucky. Prior to coming to Congress, Roy was already a very well-known figure in politics and certainly on Capitol Hill because he served as Senator Ted Cruz's chief of staff, and he also was a senior policy advisor to former Texas Governor Rick Perry. The number three Republican in the HFC to watch, Dan Bishop. Bishop has made a lot of noise this year. He was the first Republican to come out with a motion to vacate threat against McCarthy after the debt limit compromise. The North Carolina Republican has been front and center on many of the HFC's press conferences and one was one of a handful of conservatives who was in and out of McCarthy's office during the debt limit negotiations. A couple other things to know about him. He served in the North Carolina State Senate before being elected to the House in 2018. He spearheaded the controversial bathroom bill, which asserted that people could only use bathrooms in government facilities that matched their assigned sex at birth. Portions of that bill were later repealed. It is rumored that Bishop has ambitions to run for North Carolina Attorney General. All right, let's move on to the number four HFC member to watch, Anna Paulina Luna. This Florida freshman is one of the handful of congressional newcomers who voted against McCarthy in the speaker's fight. But she's made even more headlines, as we've discussed here, as of late over her push to censure Representative Adam Schiff, the Democrat from California. Luna was able to strike deals with about two dozen of her Republican colleagues who originally voted against the censure due to what they said was constitutional issues related to a $16 million fine that would have been imposed on Schiff. The Air Force veteran represents Florida's 13th district on the state's Gulf Coast. And last but not least, Andy Ogles. Ogles introduced articles of impeachment against President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris over accusations that the office of the presidency has been weaponized. The Tennessee Republican faced some controversy over embellishing parts of his resume, including claiming he was an economist. He later apologized for misstating elements of his college history. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Jake Sherman coming in with a card on the campaign. Texas Republican Representative Tony Gonzalez transferred $100,000 to the Hispanic Leadership Trust, which benefits 12 Republicans. Each lawmaker is getting roughly $10,000 for their reelect. With that, thanks so much for listening. We hope you have a great long holiday weekend. If you like The Daily Punch, leave us a rating and review. Share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. If you want to hear a little bit more, go a little bit deeper on everything we talk about here on the podcast and more, you can sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. It just takes an email address and it will come to you every morning, Monday through Friday. With that, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Stay safe.